Driving through town, just my boy and me, with a happy meal in his booster seat. Knowing that he couldn't have the toy till his nuggets were gone. A green traffic light turned straight to red. I hit my brakes and mumbled under my breath. His fries went a flying and his orange drink covered his lap. Well, in my four year old said a four letter word, it started with S, and I was concerned. So I said, Son, now where'd you learn to talk like that? He said, I've been watching you, Dad, ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo, I wanna be like you and eat all my food and grow as tall as you are. Hey guys, it's Dan Miller and this is Eclectic Avenue. And we are on a road trip. That's a good road trip song. If you want to download it after this episode, it's Rodney Atkins watching you. Nothing like having some good tunes for the road. I tend to go a little overboard sometimes, but hey, that's okay. Couple things that I noticed in the news this week really caught my interest. The culinary site Epicurious announced it cut all new beef recipes in a pro-planet move out of their site and that its users didn't complain. Isn't that wonderful? They're concerned about global warming and this is pro-planet. It's not anti-beef, it's pro-planet. Yeah, no more beef recipes. Hmm, wonder about milk, butter, cream, cheese, if they're going to ban all that out of the recipes. Wouldn't seem to leave a whole lot left, but no, didn't say anything about that. That's one reason I like the road trips. You know, talk to everybody around the area, see what people think about things. This doesn't seem to be a big one that people are in favor of. Kind of a laughing matter. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know, whether you... uh eat red meat or not, really isn't the issue. If you're getting rid of cattle, you're going to get rid of milk and butter and cheese and cream and all that kind of stuff. Kind of interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they survive this one or if it's one-sided enough that the people that like to eat beef just aren't going to buy their magazine or go on their website. The other one that really hit home for me, and I had to read this thing about four or five times. I'm still rereading it. I can't believe it. The ACLU sent a letter to the Health and Human Services Secretary, Xavier Becerra, to FDA Commissioner Janet Woodstock and several other officials about a ban on menthol cigarettes. And according to the CDC, over 7 out of 10 black youths aged 12 to 17 who reported smoking used menthol cigarettes. And black adults have the highest percentage of menthol cigarette consumption over other racial groups. Okay, I'm going to read that one one more time. Over 7 out of 10 black youths, 12 to 17, report smoking menthol cigarettes. Well, that tells you one thing. But later in the letter, they wrote, such a ban will trigger criminal penalties, which will disproportionately impact people of color as well as prioritize criminalization over public health and harm reduction. Okay, this is the ACLU. Now, I'm going to read you the end of the letter. Our experience with alcohol, opiate, and cannabis prohibition teaches us that this is a policy disaster waiting to happen 
with black and other communities of color bearing the brunt. That's from the ACLU. Is that about the most racist thing you've ever heard? So the ACLU is saying that the black and other communities of color will bear the brunt of alcohol, opiate, and cannabis prohibition. I think that should be headlining the news. I mean, come on. Another thing I want to talk about, this happened yesterday in Portland, protest. Guns were pulled. A driver was stopped. He pulled a gun on people. The protesters took the gun away from the driver. And today there's not a whole lot on the news about it. It looks like we're canceling news again. This is nothing new in Portland. I'm sure there's other cities that are a lot like this. But a protest is not violent. Once you have violence, that's called a riot. Number one, we need to start getting that right. Number two, this is nothing new in Portland. This has been going on for three, four years. These protesters stopping, breaking windows, denning cars, popping tires. It's been going on a long time, and we're kind of erasing it. It's history. You might be able to erase the things that you can learn about history, but it's still history. You can't erase history. It happened. It's happening now. Why aren't we doing something about it? Why are the news medias ignoring this kind of stuff and downplaying it? This is kind of a big time in our country right now. They probably need to stay in the cities. They go to some areas. Seems like they tend to kind of go for older white majority males. Well, they go to the wrong area and they're, they're in for a rude awakening. So I think they're going to stay in the cities. I'm going real overboard here, but yeah, don't take that out into the country. You're going to find a lot of tough old guys out there. But let's start reporting this a little bit. Now, on to what I really wanted to talk about this week, this episode, is children on the border. And since May 1st, U.S. officials were holding more than 22,500 unaccompanied children who recently crossed the border. Now, legally, at customs, they can only keep kids for 72 hours. What they're not telling you is they're going into another camp, refugee resettlement. So they can make the numbers look better on the border camps. And they're saying that it is down below 1,000 now. But they're just transferring them to other camps. As of May 3rd, 22,195 children were in the custody of the relocation camps. So they're still in custody. Number one, unaccompanied minors. And it's not just the border thing. We're not, I'm not talking about immigration and all that. Our country seems to have a big problem with taking care of kids. Kids are our future. I'm not trying to be cliche here, but if you want society and humanity to survive, you have to raise the next generation. You have to teach them. You have to raise, hopefully, a better generation of people than what we have. As a parent, that's what you should strive for. As a government, you should demand that parents do take care of their kids. Now, that's not saying take protections away from the parents. I'm not talking about that at all. But children, especially small children, you, they need to have a roof over their heads. They need to have food. They need to have comfort. As they get older, yeah, 
Make them go out and get a job. Make them do chores. Make them clean the house. That's what families do. You're teaching your children how to become adults. That's part of the job of being a parent. Our system's failing. We have parents that aren't doing that. A government that is not demanding that parents take care of their children. It's time we start doing something different. Now, with the current record of unaccompanied minors being in custody in our country from the border, we need to go back. The previous record was 12,000 children in 2019 under the Trump administration. So we are almost double under the Biden administration versus the Trump administration. But if we listen to the administration, it's not their fault. They are still battling all of Trump's goof-ups. He's made it so bad they can't fix this. Well, if they can, quote, fix how well they've handled the vaccine, and that's all because of the Biden administration, President Biden is the president. If he can fix that, why can't he fix this? It's time they quit whining and acting like they're still in high school and get with it and own situations and make a difference. Let's quit blaming everybody else if something doesn't go right. I think we're all kind of getting tired of that one. So our society seems to have a problem here. Let's see, the CDC uh, said there's a smoking problem, specifically with minority children, but across the board, smoking problem with children. Uh, We have a problem with minors having guns and getting into trouble, getting shot, some getting wounded, some getting killed, some getting arrested. Minors with guns and, you know, maybe 10 at night, 11 at night, 2, 3 in the morning. They're children. Where are the parents? Goes right back to, come on, we need to have some accountability here. Parents and the government. When are we going to start taking care of the kids? You know, with the whole COVID thing this past year, all the poor kids and they don't have school and they don't have anything to do and life is so bad. Uh, Depression has gotten worse. This isn't the first time in history kids have gone through a traumatizing year. We had children of World War II. What happened when their dads went off to war? Kids started working. They started sometimes not going to school all the time because they had chores, uh, more farms and ranches at that time. They had livestock to take care of. They had things to do for the survival of the family. Uh, World War I, the Civil War. This is not the first time in history that kids have gone through something traumatizing. Uh, We need to explain to them that sometimes life gets a little crazy. We all have to pull together as a family unit and get things done. Talk to the kids. Do things about it. Don't tell them that, oh dear, this is so horrible. You get a free pass on starting to be lazy, starting to... Okay, I'm really getting into trouble here. So maybe this is a good time in our children's lives to teach them. Sometimes life isn't fair. Sometimes you need to buckle up and move on. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. That's our job as parents. And maybe we can raise a better generation here. Maybe we can have kids that can solve the problems we're having today because we got a lot of problems. But you know what? Since it's the first time in history it's happened, hopefully it'll be the last, but let's do our jobs and 
make sure the next generation gets it right. We can do that. We can all come together and, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. <laughs>